What up, my audience? We are City Church, uh, and we are a place where everyone is welcome because no one is perfect. This is where we love God, love people, and serve the city. I am here with Marcus Donald. I'm here with Jared Cagle, and this is Corbin Stone, man. And we are excited about the topic that we're going to talk about today because... The topic is, well, first let me introduce the topic, and then I'll tell you my because. So the the topic is, why is church membership so important today? And I think this is just so important because um, I'm doing church history right now uh, in the class. I'm in my in master's program, and we had to, we're in the era where we're talking about the councils that they had uh, with heresy that has arose in the church. So in, in, I'll give you an example. So in the Council of Nicaea 325, Arianism arises and it talks about the person of Jesus Christ. And and they see that there's error that is happening. Um, and because of the questions that are stirring up and arising, that's when we actually start to get the foundation and the doctrine and the orthodox, orthodox doctrine of um of of the person of Jesus Christ and the and the right type of doc- doctrine that's coming across and so i think it's the same way here of of why is membership so important during a pandemic that we really can't gather as a church um when we can do it virtually and i think this virtual church um has happened um and it, it it's become the thing now and so now I think church leaders are asking this question of just like, okay, so what does it look like for a church to gather? Why is it important that we gather? Um, is is virtual church okay? Um, and then I'm just at, trying to ask the question too for like the layman person of just like, you know, what if I can watch church online, um, why is it important that I be a member? of a local body of a church. So sorry, that's a lot to unpack, but I think it sets the foundation for our conversation today. But what do you guys think? I love it. Yeah, you do more than love it. I'm, I'm trying to hear more than, than love it, Marcus. And, <laughs> no, and, and, and you know, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I got to point something out. Because Corbin gave you a nickname and and that nickname makes him think that your actual name is Donald instead of Donaldson. <laughs> and so I just got to point that out real quick because Ronald McDonald makes you think for the son. And anyway, Marcus Donaldson, you know, you heard it. You heard it here first. So, so Marcus, you love it. But what else? I love it, um, you know, because history, especially church history, it, I mean, it repeats itself over and over and over again. And biblical history, like I had this thought the other day and not to go off on a tangent, but you know how much American Christians, Christians that live in North America are, we look like the religious elite of, of uh, the first century. Mm -hmm. Like it just, our knowledge, the way that we conduct ourselves, like 
in the church and around the church and just high and mighty and just too good. We, you know, we shout when we fast, we shout when we do good. We, mm-hmm. you know, just banging sing, uh, symbols and everything else, letting everybody know what we're doing all over everywhere. Um, and just so, um, divided and I, and I don't like it. Um, and I know that you guys don't either. I know that there are a lot of great churches who are trying to combat this, but then in the midst of like this, what I feel like is a, is a step out of that with the pandemic, there was a lot of unity going on amongst the people of God and really amongst the nation, um, in the midst of so much strife, so much arguing and division and everything else. It seemed like for the first time in a long time that there were a lot of believers who were just united in saying God is sovereign and God will get us through this. And we need to continue to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ um, among the nations. Mm -hmm. And, and it was such a paradox, you know? Um, But all that being said, like, I love it. Church history, love it. Biblical history, love it. We're repeating it and seeing it, but I cannot stand virtual church. I'll just be honest. That's funny. Okay, so what don't you like about virtual church? I'm not a virtual guy. I would. I had COVID. I was watching church online, and you know what I was not doing? Yeah. <laughs> Engaged, watching virtual church. Like, I was there. It was on. But, you know, I'm like, I'm like piddling around in the living room and I say like piddling because I wasn't doing anything worthwhile. And it was mm-hmm. the time that I was like um, my brothers and sisters in Christ were gathering uh, mm-hmm. to worship God and, and praise God that I'm able to do that at my home um, so that I don't spread COVID-19. But I just I can't focus on that. It just it just didn't it just didn't feel right or seem right like there was to me there was no there was no distinction between that and the football game that I was watching before it you know what i mean because it was on the same tv it was on uh in the same environment um and maybe that's just a me problem mm-hmm. but i don't like that about myself so i know that i need to be in the house of the lord with god's people um to worship him i can't do it online well, the the biggest difference between church service and a football game was the football game was more entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We got this. We got this idea that, you know, I mean, it, the part of the problem. Now, now I'm trying. Now I'm trying to decide if I'm going to jump up on the soapbox or not with Mark. Yeah. Yeah. With Ronald McDonaldson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but here we are in a in a time where church can be confused with good entertainment. Mm-hmm. And so it plays directly into the culture that we're in and the time that we're in where it actually kind of it it is kind of good on TV. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, I mean, we can put on a good experience and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. Here's the deal. I want the gospel to be proclaimed as far and wide as it can be. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. But when it comes to actually participating, the word that Marcus said was engage. 
when it comes to engagement and participation in the body of can't be a body if it's a head online and the rest of you know everybody else is in their living rooms mm-hmm. uh, you you got to participate in in the body joint held together by joint and marrow held together by the mm-hmm. spirit of god um you know it's it's a it's just a it's just a matter of purpose i think and we we're in a time where it's even more important to reconstruct the way that we view our role i think as you know just the general christian what's the christian's role in the church um it's certainly not to be entertained in a living room yeah <clears throat> and i loved the uh the example that you used in your sermon would you mind explaining that to the people of like the stadium and the game yeah, yeah. no that's good uh so I went to this. I went to a football game, University of Georgia football game for all the dog fans out there. And I grew up cheering for the dogs. And I, I've been to several games at that point. I was 19 or so. Took a friend. This was his first game. I was pumped. We we're about to sit at the front because I got tickets from a guy who's a big donor. And he mm-hmm. obviously is going to give us good tickets. So I'm hyping this thing up. We get there and our tickets are literally the back corner of the of, of the stadium. Like they had added that section. And we were back, back, back corner, came and see the TV screen because of the position of the corner. Definitely can't hear anything. Hmm. And this the, basically the contrast I drew was I thought I was going to uh, watch the game. I, I knew I wasn't going to be in the game, but I knew I was going to watch the game. And I thought I was going to be so close to the action where I kind of like I almost felt like I was a part of what hmm. was happening. And I drew this contrast of settling for the free seat in the back corner um, when you're hoping to be at the front row. But the reality is even when you're at the front row, you're not in the game Mm. People on the field had to give such sacrifice to be in the game Mm. and the fulfillment that they had, the, the call that was on their life, the purpose that was on their life and the fulfillment that they had by sacrificing to get there was on a whole nother level. It's, it's a different, you know, we can convince ourselves that if we're on the first or second row, we're in the game, mm-hmm. but there's so many people that have settled for that. And then there's another degree of people that have settled for the free ticket in the corner. Mm-hmm. They can't even see or hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, the, I think that's relevant for me in my mind, it's relevant to the church today because we've got people kind of on, on all levels of the stadium and God is calling us all to be in the game to make the sacrifices and preparations necessary to be in the game. Yeah. <clears throat> and it reminds me of like Acts 2:42 when it talks about the believers coming together and they were devoted to the apostles' teachings and uh to each other and that and that fellowship um, and so even just looking biblically, it looked as if they were making an effort to be together in um, a personal uh, relationship with each other. But it wasn't just based and solid just on fellowship, because sometimes we know that like we can, you know, the the world pushes community, community, community so that you don't isolate yourself. But the church brings along community and truth. And when we start to elevate fellowship 
over truth, then that's when we lead to compromises and that it doesn't really go the way that the Lord projected it to be. So that's why we have to elevate both fellowship yeah. and truth to, to be alongside of each other. So um, just just with that said, like, what does the, the gospel have to do with membership? So why should I be a member of a church? The gospel has everything to do with membership. <laughs> Love it. That, you're not a you're not a member of the church, visible or invisible, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ and only the gospel and your response to that um, brings you into the church. Yeah, because the the gospel, the gospel ultimately, man, it's such a buzzword, right, in the church now too, like. Uh, the good news of Jesus Christ, this this good news, this message of good news, the mm-hmm. gospel that we are called to preach and 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 teach to mm-hmm. all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. Go and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, this this good news of Jesus that saved us, that is strong to save others. You know, we were called to take that. And the reality is we can't do that in isolation. Right. We can't do that on our own. We can't. And and not to get back on the Internet thing or whatever, but even just beyond that, like you can't you can't you, you can't produce more disciples. You can't build more disciples. You can't mm-hmm. preach this gospel. You can't teach to observe all that he's commanded in isolation. It all mm-hmm. it all is dependent on others and community uh, i had this quote i just pulled it up from ct stud and it says uh some wish to live within the sound of a chapel bell i want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell mm. i don't know if he meant to rhyme it but uh yeah. but it like this idea i think when you, you talk about church history too and the church fathers and all the things like what does the church have to do with the gospel well when you read these people that have given their life away to the church they're talking about this fervor for the lost and for the wondering and for the people mm-hmm. that are far off or the people that are near and think they're you know they, they think they're near but they're actually not like th- this it's always about other people and so the gospel motivates us to to be in community and to mm-hmm. go and find more people to be in that community um and that that's it's not a community for the fellowship's sake. It's because the gospel changes our lives and it regenerates us. Right. Um, and I'm I'm currently right at First Peter chapter two. And um, and the reason why is because like um, I'm just hearing everybody give their input. And it's like, man, you this is first peter chapter 2 verse 5 and it says you yourselves as living stones are being built into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ and like later on too he says that hey you've been called out of darkness right and i think of ecclesia called out ones that we've been going over the church and it's like man we've been called out to glorify god and we can do this um, beneficially and effectively, uh, within a community that is like that we're standing on e- each other's shoulders here. 
I've always been really confused at, at how people are members of churches and haven't made a profession of faith. Now, mm. I can't think of one, you know, within, you know, my circle um, that allows that. But, you know, I, I know of places in the nation where you can join a church and not make a profession of faith or yeah. um, really make all sorts of other professions in, you know, on top of believing in Jesus Christ. You can also believe that, you know, I mean, just a myriad of different things. I don't want to get too specific, um, but it's really harmful when you say, yes, you can be a member of this church, but you don't have to believe in just Jesus as Lord and Savior alone. You can believe in him as well as some others, or you can believe in, um, or you don't have to believe in him at all, but you could be a member of this church because we're doing a lot of good things around here in the neighborhood, in the community, blah, blah, like, like I, I think we talked about last podcast, like we're not activists. Mm -hmm. Like I was in a meeting yesterday and, and somebody said, um, it's clear that you have a, a heart for these sorts of people. And the reality is I don't have a heart for those sorts of people. He was talking about homeless people. Um, I don't have a heart for the homeless, not any more than I do for the, the wealthy, um, the wealthy guy or, or girl, not any more than the, the, the middle-class guy or girl. Like I don't, God didn't give me a heart for one certain type of people. He gave me a heart for people. And that started with me realizing that Jesus Christ died so that I can be forgiven of my sin. When I received that, right, and, and believed in him as Lord and Savior, his death, burial, and resurrection three days later, mm -hmm. like I had to tell everybody about that, not just the homeless, yeah. not the addicted or afflicted. I mean, everybody. Mm. And I think in America, we get this thing like, oh, well, which camp do you want to settle in? Do you want to settle in the, you know, what? and really what that boils into to make it relevant is, you know, what, what part of the team do you want to be on? Yeah. Yeah. You decided to, to get on the field. What part of the team do you want to be on offense, defense? You want to be on, like, God didn't give you a heart for a certain kind of people. He gave you a heart for people to come to know Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. So follow, follow the train of my thoughts and it will lead you to the train station. Come on, people. <laughs> and, um, it, as as Marcus was talking, it was that man having a heart for the lost, right? It reminds me of what you said, Marcus, of save people, serve people, and it reminded me of when Jared says uh, in his sermon of Ephesians that people get it twisted, right? They they do the do, um, but they don't see the the relationship that God established with them first. And so they think that they have to do, 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 do in order to get this relationship with God. But really we can see in the book of Ephesians that, is that in, in all of the apostles letters is that it flips it. It sees what God has did for them. And then because what God has did, it, it, it requires a response from them. And that response is, um, living a life that glorifies 
uh, God. And, and in God's word, he wants us to go out and to have a, a heart for the lost and to 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 baptize and to dis- disciple people. But we can't really do that when we are sitting on our couch and we're not really active and involved within inside of the church. Um, and really, we can't really fulfill Matthew 6 where it says, seek the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. We can't really do that if we're not actively like actively participating within a local body of the church. And this is why I think it's just so important of just like we understand. And I think once we start to serve the church more and be active inside of the church more is when we come to a healthy and mature understanding of what God has done for us. And now it's like, I have no, like I forfeit all right of my life because of what God has done for me. I've tasted the goodness of the Lord and it's no longer me. And this is what he says in Galatians um, chapter five. He says like, basically um, Paul says like, therefore make every effort uh, using every opportunity, not for, for your self interest, but for the community of those who you are in fellowship with, like you start with them first um, you start with the people within your church and then you go outside of the church to start serving people. Um, uh, but that's what it made me think about. Uh, thank you guys for, um, really being patient with me as I was collecting my thoughts, you know, go ahead. Let me just ask real quick, you know, can I, can I get in the game if I'm not a believer in Jesus Christ? No, I mean, no. And here, here's the thing, and you talked about this a little bit. It's a good, it's it's a good. It's not it's not a simple question because people are asking it all the time. Like it's a it's a real thing. It's like I thought you were a place where everyone is welcome. Yeah, because no one is perfect, right? right. I thought I thought y'all were uh, inclusive in in allow. You know, anybody can come, and the 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 hard reality is. Jesus's arms were open to show to prove that everyone has a place. All who would come have a place under his sheltering and saving arms. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth of his salvation, though, is exclusive. There is no other way. When he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. There's no other way. Mm-hmm. So is the door wide open? Is the front is our front door wide open? Absolutely. Yeah. But to be a part of the body, to be joined, this is not like a membership that you signed a card for and you get some benefits. This is a life call. This is a regeneration and a transformation that happens on the inside because of the because of what Jesus did by the spirit. Mm-hmm. You will be created into a new creation. <laughs> the old is gone. The new has come. So this is not a. Let me get let me sign the card and get the benefits. This is a dying to your old self, putting on the new self and believing that he is the only way, the only truth and the only life. If he's the only. Right. Then everything else is wrong. Yeah. And no other way is going to get you ultimately to where you're trying to go in eternity. So Mm -hmm. this whole this whole idea of fire insurance or this whole idea of 
I want the card, I want the letter, and I'll transition my letter from church to church, and it's going to prove that I'm going to go to heaven. I'm not trying to say it's wrong to have church letters. I'm trying to say this membership in, is not into an institution, it's into a body, mm-hmm. and that body was died for and purchased. Mm-hmm. And that, the, the entrance into that body is you're grafted in yeah. as a new creation. Yeah. And that's a regenerating thing that happens only by the Spirit of God. So can you be a part of it if you don't believe in Jesus? No. And why would you want to be? Because this is the body of him. Right. Mm-hmm. That's good. You said, you said benefits, too. And mm-hmm. we 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 stop there at, well, yeah, I joined the church. I made a profession of faith, um, you know, or God saved me, however you want to articulate that. <clears throat> um but we we always talk about the benefits and really it drives that consumerism that we're that we deal with every day in in every institution but specifically in in a really alarming way the church um we talked about it really at the top um with engagement and entertainment and everything else but there's also you know being part of a team like your teammates expect things of you right yeah. they hold you accountable your coaches they yeah. they expect you to meet the standards and we're not i don't want to make it sound like hey um how how much a week are you praying or you know but like genuinely living the the christian life you Mm -hmm. know genuinely submitting to the lordship of jesus christ and then to the elders of the church to their headship and i mean they're just under shepherds but really like are you uh submitting to jesus's lordship in your life are you submitting to the um, the word are you submitting to the elders of the church are you submitting to um you know the church government like how like or are you just abusing grace and wandering carelessly in this world calling yourself a christian for the benefits <laughs>